Hello and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with influential hustlers. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. I am so incredibly excited that you are here for this episode because today's guest is the definition of a powerhouse. With a bio that includes mother, nutritionist, fitness model, published author, and podcaster, it is no wonder Sophie Gwydalyn is one of the most adored online personalities in our country. The creator of her own purpose-driven brands, which include her fitness app, The Bod, and Flourished and Fulfilled, where Sophie empowers hundreds of thousands of women around the world to be fulfilled and aligned with their purpose. Deeply passionate about mindset and manifestation, Sophie chats to me about her manifestation practice, how she protects her energy, and tips for living in a high vibrational state. Graceful, kind, and compassionate, Sophie oozes warmth and holds a wealth of knowledge. Vulnerably sharing her journey in order to help others, Sophie is shining her light so bright and spreading love wherever she goes. A beautiful role model for all women, this episode is packed with nuggets of gold, practical tips, and thought-provoking words of wisdom that are sure to deeply inspire you. Here's Sophie. Are you looking for a clean beauty makeup that makes you look and feel your best without sacrificing your health or our planet? Then look no further than Lus Minerals, a high-performance mineral makeup that will change your skin your life, and leave the planet in a better place. Lust Minerals Clean Beauty range is both affordable and high quality. Good health starts with Lust Minerals. Hello, beautiful Sophie, and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you? Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I am really good Busy, but good. Trying not to wear the busy as a badge of honour, but I feel like with four kids and the businesses, it kind of always goes hand in hand. Oh, absolutely. Like I said to you before we um, hit record, I honestly, you are just superwoman in my eyes and I love following your journey and just seeing all the amazing things you're creating because it just honestly inspires me to know that anything is possible and you can juggle that big family as well as the, the dreams and the purpose. So congratulations on everything you're doing. It's amazing. Oh, thank you so much. It's funny when people refer to us as a big family. It's kind of like it all just works like clockwork. The boys are a bit older now and they make their own lunches and the girls just idolise those boys like no end. And it's kind of just like I love the happiness that flows with having all of the kids and the different dynamics and how old they are. And yeah, it's really beautiful. Oh, I love that so much. And have you found a difference between being like a boy mum to then having the girls? Is it, has there been? Oh, so, so <laughs> different. Oh my goodness. Um, so the boys, they're now 12 and 14 and they're, they're a year apart or 14 months apart. And I kind of found that raising them never really had any massive issues. They were both toilet trained before they were two. They slept through. They were really, I'm not going to say easy because in no way, shape or form is parenting <laughs> ever easy. But the girls, oh, they are just <laughs> a whole nother ball game. They still come into my bed at night and they're five. Sometimes they wet the bed. Sometimes they just deliberately wee themselves and like (laughs) do it while they're looking at me. They're just so sassy and it's just, 
Yeah, it's really different. It's very different. Yeah, I could totally imagine it would be. It's funny, we went on a um, family holiday with our friends who have a little boy the same age and everyone had always said the difference between a boy and girl and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Because when you're talking, like developmentally wise, they're doing the same things, but when you actually see them in action, it was so funny. Like the way they eat was so different and like we'd go to the beach and my friend's little boy was like, running laps of the beach where the my daughter's like sitting there playing with shells and like and then the sass on her is just out of control at like 20 months it's so funny so yeah. that's so interesting to hear I love that yeah it's also interesting because I have the twins so the girls are twins and they're raised in the exact same environment in the exact same way and they're so different. Really? And it just goes to show, yeah, it just goes to show how incredible personalities are and that it is such a deep wiring and has nothing to do with your environment. Yeah. One of my twins is very assertive and very clingy and loves to be the centre of attention. And the other one is very independent, will go and play, doesn't like anybody touching her, refuses to hug anyone and I'm all for that. She is like the queen of teaching you boundaries. Yeah. But, yeah, they're so different. They're so different. Wow, I love that. And how amazing to be able to watch that play out with two girls exactly the same age because sometimes otherwise you're thinking back, oh, you know, she was like this at that age, but to see them at exactly the same age, like you said, in the same environment, that must be so cool to watch. Yeah, twins are very special. I'm, yes. I feel very, very, very blessed. Initially, it wasn't such a blessed feeling. It was more like, a, oh, my fucking God, how am I going to get over this? But now I feel very blessed now they're at school. Yeah, now you've gone through those years in deep in the trenches. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, I would um, love to start the conversation by finding out if you have a ritual or a non-negotiable that really helps you set the tone for your day. I have a few. So one of my big things is reflecting on my dreams. I feel like our subconscious is so in tuned with what we're actually here to do and our intuition and our gut feelings. And so every morning, the first thing I will do is write down my dreams or anything that I can remember. If it's the middle of the night and I've woken myself up from a dream, I always grab my notes out of my phone and just jot them down. And usually so far, I've been doing this for three years, so far it's always reflective of where I'm at in my life or what I need more of, which is really cool and really interesting. Uh, Secondly, I do Vedic meditation. So I learned this last year in COVID, which actually was such a beautiful blessing. I went home to my parents' farm in McLaren Vale in South Australia and One of my friends was actually staying at his parents across the road and he's a meditation coach and teacher. And so I spent a good week learning and integrating meditation into my life. And that was really important for me. And then breath work. So they're my three like non-negotiables. If I've had a rough day or um, had an incident or something happen, journaling is the other thing that I like to do because it stops you from idolizing or romanticizing a situation and it allows you to simply just reflect on exactly what has happened or happening within the day. Oh wow, I love that so much. The dream one was so interesting for me because I actually remember a lot of my dreams as well. Like I'll wake up and I'll think, oh why did I dream that? But actually writing it down and trying to figure it out, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. How powerful. 
It's so powerful. Um, a reoccurring dream for me last year was that I would go into the ocean and I would like walk out, swim and drown. Like it was symbolic for me and I had it so many times and it was symbolic for me of feeling like I was so overwhelmed and I didn't know how else to cope with everything that I had on my shoulders or being able to simply just, you know, when you dive underneath the water and there's nothing, yes. it's just, you were there in yourself and it's that symbolization of that for me. Wow. And so when you do have a reoccurring dream like you did last year, how do you then go back and piece together what the message is? Like, do you have a bit of a a way of going about that? Or is it more you just try to do that through meditation and digging deep to what that's actually symbolizing? So back last year, I was working, working very closely with my relationship coach. And my husband and I, this was at the start of last year, had decided to separate and we are very amicable and we always wanted to make sure that we separated with a beautiful message of being able to be like, we spent eight years together and it was the most beautiful eight years. So we actually had a coach to transition us through that period to be able to be individuals. And he is so big on dreaming and really reflecting inwards of what those dreams are. And often the reoccurring dreams, you'll notice that theme or that pattern. And for me, it is always that I am being held or I am being taken or that I'm going up or like having that feeling of not having the responsibility. And having four children and businesses, it's very rare that I feel that. So now I have to actually make sure that I feel that feeling of not having to be responsible. And um, Thursdays is my day for that. So I don't pick the kids up from school. They stay at their dad's. And I know that on my Thursdays, however the day goes, is all for me. Yes. Wow. I love that. And what a testament to you and your ex-husband to actually do that so consciously, you know, and actually work through that. Like that's such a huge period of of growth for both of you. But yeah, what a testament to you and, and your relationship that you had to be able to do that. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think often we feel that as women or partners or anybody at the moment, that a relationship doesn't necessarily have to be really bad to want to leave it. Mm -hmm. And I think often when the relationship is no longer working, we allow it to then get to such a bad or toxic state before we leave that we can't actually savour that friendship relationship or co-parenting situation. Mm. When we first started seeing our relationship coach, it was about savouring our relationship Mm. and we wanted our marriage to work. And we actually separated three years ago for six months and tried to make it work. So it wasn't until that period where we were both like, this is not getting better. Our arguments are still the same arguments. It's still happening Mm -hmm. that we were able to be like, you know what, let's take the good with the good and move on amicably. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. Now I'd love to know, I know you're huge on personal development and mindset. So I'd love to know if you've had if there's a particular book that's had a really positive impact on your mindset throughout the journey. I'm an avid book reader. I grew up without a television. So for me, I read books growing up. And I think that we always naturally retreat back to how our childhood was because it feels familiar. One book in particular that was really good for me was Lost Connections. We often feel that 
if we've been hurt or burnt in situations, we can easily feel that we don't long, we don't need anybody else in our lives and we can become these independent people. But connection is what we're all here to be and to grow and to feel. And I think that that book was really encouraging for me to understand that even after hurt and even after feeling traumatic experiences, we are able to open up and connect on a deeper level with people and understand who they're here to be and love them authentically and unconditionally. So yeah, really good read. Yeah. Wow. I'll definitely have to look into that. That's awesome. And now I guess I'm sure there's not many people that haven't heard of you because you are so fabulous and you're doing so much amazing work in the world. But could you give the audience a little sneak peek into your journey and how you got to where you are today? So I had two boys when I was quite young. I got married and had them at 18 and 19 and I gained so much weight and didn't really know anything about nutrition and was diagnosed with gestational diabetes. I had gained over 30 kilos and the doctors had actually said to me, you need to start looking into your nutrition and you have to actually exercise and look after yourself. And it wasn't until that moment that for me, it was kind of like that penny dropping of like, this isn't about you anymore. This is about your kids. Like stop being selfish and stop punishing your body with what you're actually eating. So I studied nutrition and personal training whilst I was raising the boys. And um, my first ever PT said to me that he would train me for free if I competed in a fitness competition. And I was like, no, no way. Not in any chance am I doing that. And he goes, okay, fine but I'll train you for 20 weeks. And if you decide at the end that you want to hop on stage, we see what happens. And I was like, okay, I'm not doing it, but okay. I got on stage (laughs) and um, I, to my surprise, I won four of the comps that were state comps and then went on to nationals and won nationals. And so I did nine competitions in that first season and won every single one of them. And I kept saying to myself, because obviously I had this self-belief that I wasn't good enough. And I kept saying to myself that it's rigged. Someone must've paid them. I don't know how I'm winning. And then after the nine competitions, I was like, surely like it can't be rigged. (laughs) I was like, okay, I must be. (laughs) I was like, okay, this is real. Um, And so I really wanted to help other women And during that process of changing what I was eating, I was documenting all of the recipes that I was creating. And I had them all in this folder of like handwritten scribbled notes of recipes. And um, I got one of my best friends who's a graphic designer to put the recipe book together and my mum, who's a photographer, to take the photos. And I made my first recipe book as a self-published recipe book. And I sold 10,000 units in the first seven days on pre-order. Whoa. And Yeah. And back, that was in 2012. That's amazing. So it kind of just, yeah. And I was working two jobs at the time. So I literally had to go, okay, I have to pack orders now. I, I can't even work. I don't even know what to do right now. So I left my jobs and focused on this full time. And, um, after going through the fitness industry and getting recipe books, I have 14 published recipe books now and a health and fitness app. And I kind of found that every single goal that would do the program always had the same issues arise. And it was always mindset or self-belief or 
something internal that would stop them from achieving their goals. It wasn't my program. It wasn't that they weren't doing it correctly. It was actually their own self-sabotaging. And so I went and studied NLP. And that was where like the mindset thing just clicked for me. And I was able to really help women from a place of internal reflection rather than just how they look. And for me, that was such a big shift because I stopped it being a focus on the way they look and changed it to how they feel. And once you start resonating on how you feel, everything else follows. Uh, So that was probably the biggest pivot point and purpose-driven business shift for me. And I just feel so in alignment with Flourish and Fulfilled. So that's been really incredible. It is so incredible to watch you. You are honestly just a powerhouse. And I love that journey so much to just think how much you've evolved as a person and how you're able to just influence, positively influence so many people by sharing your journey and also leading them through what you've learned. So I'd love to talk a little bit about Flourished and Fulfilled because am I correct in saying that you launched that as a new arm of your business in addition to the bod last year? I did. I did. I actually, it was off the back of a really, really hard time for me. I went through this social anxiety of being in the public eye since 2012, having people recognize me, but not say anything to me and having this public perception of who I was without me even knowing them or speaking to them. And it was really hard for me to kind of get my head around. And I worked very hard to remove myself from that spotlight. I moved houses. I actively removed myself from all PR. I stopped attending events. And it wasn't until I actually looked internally and did the NLP qualifications and stuff to be able to see that The reason that I do my business is to help other women. And when I am always acting in a place of service, it feels really good and in alignment. But when I'm acting out of a place of ego, that's when it starts to trigger for me. So it's, yeah, it's really hard to juggle that, that thing. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure that that takes a lot of work to get to that point, doesn't it? Of realizing what's serving you and what's not serving you, you know, to think you had to go through all of that is pretty intense. I think it's always a constant juggle of doing the work. Yeah. I sometimes feel like I'm at a really good place in my life and then I'll do something or say something (laughs) and I'm like, oh my God, I have so much more work to do on myself. And it's a hard realisation, but often we have to be our own bullshit callers and actually look internally and look in the mirror and be like, what the hell? So like, pull yourself out of that. So yeah, yeah. it's so true. And I, I love that you just touched on that about like, you do, you get to this point of almost like contentment and feeling like, oh, I've, like I've done all this work. Like I'm exactly where I want to be. And then something else just whacks you in the face and you're like, oh, holy shit. I'm in the work again. I'm doing the work. <laughs> and I'm a massive believer that whatever we, ca- we actually call in everything in our life, right? Yeah. So if we're in a shitty situation, the only person we can blame is ourselves. So we've called that in for an experience or a lesson or whatever that is. We've actually called that in. So stop trying to push it aside and actually deal with it. But far out, some days you just like don't want to deal with no. it. You want to just have that happy life. <laughs> it's so true. I um, It felt like that exactly happened to me last year. And during last year, I was working with your bestie, Liv. And I said to her, I'm like, oh, 
I feel like I've asked for, you know, because I was living in Melbourne in lockdown and I said to her, this is probably going to sound really weird, but I feel like I've almost like manifested this or asked for me to be in this situation because I'd said at the start of the year to the universe, like, I just feel like I've shared all the knowledge that I know and I need to grow more. And she just literally responded with, that's why you've got to be so careful what you wish for because the universe will literally deliver it. And it's so like what you just said then, it's so true. Like the more we are getting what we kind of like need and asking for. But I know you have your own course, your own online course where you do empower other women to live their fullest and best life. And so that does touch on a bit of manifestation. So I'd love to kind of get an understanding of your personal take or understanding of what manifestation is. So my coach actually says to me that she's never met anybody that is able to manifest as quick as me. So I will literally put something out there and the next day it happens and I'm just like, whoa, (laughs) like, How does this happen to me? So have you ever heard of human design, Charles? Yes, I love human design. Well, I'm sorry. I should say I'm just getting, I'm just starting to understand it. But yes, I do. I love human design. So I am a manifesting generator, right? So I, I know that that is who I am and I definitely live my life in accordance to that. And it's really interesting because like Tessa, for example, who's one of my other really good friends, she's a projector and it is so, so true to who you are. So she will wait for a business opportunity or a guy to reach out to her or a situation to arise. For me and the way that I am, I literally go straight after what I want. I want that, I'm going to get it. I go out, get it. And it's just like, I put something on paper, the next day it happens. I think for me, manifesting is not as woo-woo as it sounds because we're simply bringing our unconscious and subconscious desires back into our reality. So when we're looking for those opportunities all the time, they tend to be more available to us because we literally see them and they're presented directly in front of us. I was very similar to you with the whole COVID experience. I was going through a really um, hard relationship kind of like breakdown and I literally just wanted to retreat. I had to keep saying to myself, what is my worst case scenario? Like, what if I lose it all? And my worst case scenario was that I would move back to my mum's in McLaren Vale. And that's exactly what happened. I went back to my mum's for two months and it was amazing. It was so amazing. And so it was literally like taking all of that fear and the fear out of taking risks as well of being able to do whatever I want because there's no fear there. My worst case is actually amazing. We'll be right back after this healthy break. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, you'll know I'm very passionate about helping you live a life full of good health, which is why I'm thrilled to have partnered with Lust Minerals, Australia's favourite clean beauty brand, founded in 2014 by mum of two, Stacey Hollands. Lust Minerals is Australia's first all-natural mineral beauty brand that fuses clean beauty with performance and affordability. They are dedicated to making a difference through their products by offering high-performance mineral makeup that will change your skin, your life, and leave the planet a better place. Formulated with natural ingredients, superfoods, and vitamins that are good for your skin and the environment, 
Last Minerals products create real results, offer supreme performance, and is better and cleaner for our health. Good health starts with Last Minerals. To feel and look your best, head to lastminerals.com.au and use the code HEALTHYHUSTLERS for $20 off your first order, or simply click the link in the show notes after this episode. I've never really heard someone speak about it from that fear perspective as well. And because that's what holds so many of us back. So being able to kind of understand that from the get-go and be comfortable with that has allowed you to almost step through it so much more gracefully and easily. The root cause of anxiety is always fear. So if we're ever anxious, we literally just need to go within and find out what we're actually fearful of. And when we're able to rationalize what we're fearful of, it takes the anxiety out of it. So for me, I was acting out of a place of fear and fear is such a low vibration. So when we actually go deep and realize what it is, we're no longer fearful and we live in a place of joy and abundance and grateful. So it's really, yeah, it's a huge difference. Yeah, wow. And because you're living in that place of joy and peace quite a lot, it's probably really helping you to manifest and get things a lot quicker as well because you're on that high vibrational energy. So I walk into a room and I always do the three things. So I look around me and I take notes of three things that I'm really grateful for or that are beautiful within the space I'm in everywhere I go. And it's become such a deep pattern now that I don't even know I'm doing it. Sometimes, which is so awkward, I will do it to people. So I'll be like, I love your jacket. I love your hair and I love your shoes. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm a weirdo. And I also encourage my kids as well. So judgment is such a... I'm not going to say poor emotion, but one that I encourage my children to not live on. Whenever we judge other people, it happens so often and it's such a habit to get out of. So now if I'm judging somebody, perhaps it's somebody walking past on the street and I pick myself up that I've actually judged them. I pull three things about them that is actually beautiful and that I would be grateful for so that it swaps that straight away. Wow. That is so awesome. I love that so much. So when you walk into a space, like taking people away from it, if you were walking into like a meeting or to talk on stage or something, could you give me a bit of an example of how you would approach that kind of situation? Yeah, for sure. So today I walked into the studio here and there's these beautiful purple orchids and they're so bright. So I was like, wow, those orchids are bright. Then I was like, wow, it's such a clean space. I love the light. And that was the first things that I noticed before I even said hello. So I do it in a way where it actually brightens my mood and allows me to set that standard and precedent for what I'm actually walking into. That is so powerful. Like, And to be sitting on that, you know, because I actually just did an episode about vibrational frequencies and how you can keep raising your the tools you can use to raise your vibrations. And there is our ability to kind of stay at that high vibration, which you are obviously in. And so those little tools, like you just said, are such powerful little ways to just always be on that higher vibrational energy rather than, like you said, going into that fear or that judgment or jealousy where you're really dipping your energy down quite low. It's interesting as well because I think that we touched on always having to do the work and I think that that's really important is calling ourselves out on our bullshit at the same time. And for me, I am an energy sponge. If I hang around someone who's got off energy, I just absorb it and I literally turn into this like, I'm like, oh my God, I can't even, I don't even know how to function because I literally turn into this like, oh. So I'm very protective of who I allow in my life. 
And I have to actually be aware enough to be like, hey, I actually don't like how I feel when I leave your presence. So it's also making sure that we're honest with ourselves because we could be in love with them. They could be beautiful friends. They could be anybody. But if they're lowering your vibration or their energy is rubbing off on you, it's not okay. So being able to actually remove and let slide toxic people within your world is a big one too. Yeah, I love that. And do you have any little practices or tactics for protecting your own energy when you are in kind of that more toxic situation? Because I you know, there's always situations where we are put in, which are maybe sometimes out of our control, or if it's at a birthday dinner and there's certain people we don't gel with or love their energy. How do you kind of protect yours in those types of situations to ensure that you're not kind of being that sponge and absorbing it? Yeah, for sure. It's so hard. It is so hard. I'm kind of asking Um, for a friend here because I'm like you, I'm just a sponge (laughs) with other people's energy. And I'm like, oh, sometimes I'm just so depleted. And I'm like, wow, I really have just taken all of that and given mine in return almost. Well, that's what happens. So having really clear boundaries of the topics that you're willing to discuss with people. I know that with me for friends, I've had friends come in my life previously where they emotionally dumped on me. And I, they would literally ring me up and just be like, oh my God, this happened and then this happened and then this person did this. And I was just like, oh, like I can't even function after I talk to you. So being very aware of how you actually feel after leaving somebody else's company is the biggest, biggest one. So making sure that when you leave someone's company, you're like, oh, I feel so empowered. I feel really good about this. And also sometimes you have people in your life that you actually can't see how toxic they are for you. And that's why it's really important as well to make sure that the circle that you hang around, you have people that can be like, hey, I'm not sure if you're aware of this red flag or this behavior, but how does that feel for you? So that you can actually regulate and be like, yeah, that doesn't feel great. The other thing that's really important is assertive boundaries of being able to be like, I would love to come to this event. I can only come for 30 minutes or grounding yourself after an event. So like journaling down what somebody did that made you feel that trigger or how you felt about something allows you to put it on paper and get it out of your head because usually we replay it over and over and over. Another beautiful one is hand on your heart and hand on your stomach and sometimes I'm like a little bit socially awkward in public because I feel like I do get overwhelmed in crowds. I am very much a one-on-one type of person. So sometimes if I'm an event at an event, I will put my hand on my stomach and my hand on my heart. And it just always encourages me to speak from my heart, not my stomach. And I think that once you're doing that, no one can come into your force field of energy because you're always speaking from a place of love rather than just taking on and absorbing everyone's shit. That is incredible. Wow. I know people are going to get so much from that. That is awesome. And I think they're just such conscious practices, aren't they? So mindful. And I think so much of it, you know, like you were saying, does come down to that awareness piece as well. Like what is making you feel good? What's not making you feel good? Like it's such a key component to get in touch with that. And I know that that took me so many years to kind of understand and then to create those boundaries. Um, So that was such a beautiful insight. Thank you. No, that's okay. The other thing was, is that I, I was getting tonsillitis a lot and your throat chakra means that you're actually not speaking your truth. 
And so that little practice allowed me to always make sure that I was coming from a heart-centered place, not from what somebody else wanted me to do. And I have people-pleasing tendencies where I literally just want everyone to be happy and I don't like conflict. So when I was able to actually speak exactly how it made me feel, it definitely made me uncomfortable but it allowed me to still speak from my heart. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it does have to be uncomfortable, doesn't it? To really be in your authentic self. Like it's not always the most comfortable place to be. So, you know, and that's an area of growth as well to slowly become comfortable with being uncomfortable. (laughs) Oh, 100%. And I think as well, like kind communicate, like clear communication is kind communication. So, People have to respect if they're making you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and take that on board. And that's really hard to actually say that like when you discuss X, Y, Z, it makes me uncomfortable or please don't do that to me. Like it's really, yeah, it can be very uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Now I know you touched on breath work at the start as one of your non-negotiables, but I would love to kind of get an insight into this practice and how you kind of, do you use it throughout the day or is it more just a morning thing for you? And And how does it make you feel? So breathwork is one of those things that I attribute to changing my life. I started breathwork in September last year and I have done it weekly since. So when I first, um, my, my now breathwork coach reached out to me and she wanted to do like a collaboration with an IGTV and showcase it to my audience. And I was like, yeah, cool. I'm so keen to try these new practices. Like, let's do it. And then she said, and in exchange, I wanted to gift you a breathwork session. And I was like, oh, okay, it might help me with my squats. Like, all right, cool. And I did it. And then afterwards I turned to her and I was like, no, so so beforehand I was like, I don't really have any trauma. I'm pretty good. Life's great. Like, I don't, I don't really need you. And then afterwards I turned to her and I was like, I am so fucked up. <laughs> Like, I have so much to deal with. And she's like, yeah, I know. I was just wanting you to come to terms with it. I was like, thanks a lot. Um, And I've never really let her leave me. So I do breathwork. So the way that she works with breathwork is it's a deep trauma release. And we're only able to release what we want to at any given time. So stuff that comes up is things that we actually need to let go of. It's not any deeper than what we can handle at the time, but it's similar to like an onion. You've got to do the work and peel back the layers to really get to the core of what's happening. And um, I do these deep dives with her every Monday. So even if I say to her, oh no, I'm tired. I don't want you this week. She'll go, no, no, I'm coming. (laughs) Because usually what we do is we we don't want it because we know it hurts and we don't want to have to deal with it. And I've had quite a few slip-ups during that process. Like, I definitely don't think it's an overnight thing where I'm like, I'm healed, Jesus has saved me, I'm great. It is not like that. Like, it's a constant evolution of, like, uncovering who you are. So on a Monday night, I do these really deep dive sessions. And then I have a whole bunch of different techniques that she has provided to me to be able to bring myself back to a place of mindfulness and ground me and reflection and Yeah, a whole bunch of different ways, but breathwork has just changed my life. That is awesome. Yeah, I feel like there's, I'm seeing a lot of people having that same kind of 
feelings and, and reaction from breath work. So it's something that I'm like, oh, I definitely need to get in and, and give that a go. I've heard some incredible things and you've totally convinced me now that it, that it works a treat. So that's awesome to hear. Yeah. yeah. And now I guess, you know, obviously being in the public eye and the media always publishing things about you and, and your life, and I'm sure making a lot of assumptions, how do you go about really protecting your own mental health, especially in times of hardship when you're then also in that public eye? It's hard. It is so hard. I think for me, and this is something that I've actually been working on more recently in the last like two weeks is owning it so that there's no longer anything that can actually get to you or hurt you. Because the amount of shit that gets said about me that I'm just like, where did you even Mm. get that from? It's so crippling if you were to actually allow it into your life. It's hard because when it comes to trolling, every single day I log into Instagram and there's constant trolling. And it's not like I believe the thoughts, but when you affirm them and read them daily, you somewhat absorb that. And it's really hard to kind of like just let that go. I think in more recent times, I was so overwhelmed with how much the media has been invested in my private life. And I think that as I touched on earlier, that when my husband and I decided to split, there had to be a reason. And there was this social construct that in order for us to no longer want to be married, there must have been a massive issue. And it's like, no, I've publicly done relationship therapy together for the last three years And we're no longer growing together. And that's totally fine and totally beautiful to be able to separate and have that. I think the other thing is, is that people like drama and drama is, and jealousy and gossiping is such a low quality. It's a lot more fun for people to have something to actually discuss than to go internally and look at their own wounds And I think that that's probably the hardest thing or the biggest thing is that most of the time it's somebody's own internal projection and it has nothing to do with me. So learning to be like, I'm really sorry that you feel that way and I'm really sorry that this is how it's making you feel is a big one. Yeah, I love that. What a beautiful mindset shift to be able to make as well, to just know. And I think that anyone can kind of take on that approach of if you are in a workplace that's a little bit toxic or there's, you know, people that are jealous towards you, it is usually just that reflection on them and what they're actually going through. And like you said, they're almost too scared to dig deep and do the work on themselves. So reminding yourself that it's such a bigger reflection on them than it is on you is so important because no matter what your situation, like we all deal with, like I've dealt with it in a workplace with a really toxic manager and it wasn't till like I really had to remove that from being about me and to be remind myself that like I'm showing up as who I am and if she doesn't like me or that's totally fine but it doesn't mean I have to change or take that energy on but it does require yeah. a lot of work and a lot of courage to kind of think like that but I love that mindset shift oh 100% and I think the best thing is is that it's literally like making sure that you know and are aware enough to know that it has nothing to do with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now, you know, we know you're a mum as we we chatted at the start, superwoman. (laughs) Um, I guess I'd love to get a little insight into how, and it's, you know, I'm sure it's evolved over time, but how motherhood's really changed you 
what's that been from Sophie oh. pre-kids to, to Sophie now? <laughs> what a beautiful question. I became a mum at 18. Sophie pre-kids wasn't actually Sophie pre-kids. I was a kid myself. And I think that that's shaped the person that I am today because I always lead with love because I've only ever known how to care for others. And that's probably the biggest hardship that I'm kind of going through as an adult woman now in a 21st century of not always overgiving, overloving, looking after others. People actually need to look after themselves in order to be in my life. And what tends to happen is I revert back to always being that motherly figure within business situations, friendships, relationships, because it's all I really know. I'm one of those really maternal people. I could have 24 (laughs) kids and just want more. I just love babies. I love the whole process of it. I just absolutely love it. Like I, I, I really love it. I love, I love the dynamics of the different kids and the different personalities. And I like looking after others. Part of my ego would like to say that it's not because I'm needed, (laughs) but I think that deep down there's probably a little bit there of me liking the fact that they need me. Yeah, it's entirely shaped my world because, yeah, I was 18 when I had my first. Wow. I'm like literally was like my eyes were tearing up when you're saying that. That's so beautiful. And I think it's so it's so nice to be needed as well. I know I love that with my daughter. It's like, oh, it just feels so special that they just love you. Like they're you are literally their world. And it's like, you know, you can go from this fast paced, sometimes really stressed, you know, work environment to them where it's just like, they just want you. Like they're just, they're so happy when they have you. So I think that's a beautiful thing at the same time as maybe a bit of ego. I'm the same. It's probably an ego thing, but I think it's, it's such a beautiful quality, but I love hearing that about you being so maternal and stuff as well. It's so, so nice. It's funny because it's literally like what I'm trying to work through within my own personal yeah. development at the moment is trying to not take that on and not be that mother role for every everybody yep. because that's something that is definitely an ingrained pattern for yeah, me. Definitely. I tend to literally scoop people up and help them instead of allow them to help me. <laughs> yes. So I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> but what, you know, that's such a beautiful realisation as well, you know, that that's because it's an, it's an unlearning really for you, isn't it, to like almost – all you've ever known to then realize that maybe it's not always serving you and and others. So it's another, yeah, just a huge unlearning. Oh yeah. And it's a deep pattern. Mm. It's very deep. It's very hard to break. People like just allow it. I can't even let somebody else buy me a coffee. That's how ingrained it is. So I I know I have massive issues. Like I'm so aware of my issues. It's just trying to unlearn being so independent and being that mother figure and Letting somebody take care of me, maybe. And you'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) I will. They'll come. And now you have your new podcast show, Flourished and Fulfilled. I would love to hear, you know, what listeners can expect. I've been listening along. It's amazing. You're amazing, which is why I wanted you on this show. Um, But, yeah, what can listeners expect from that and what do you dive into? It's kind of just a look into my life, my learnings, my lessons. It's definitely real and raw. I think I've cried in every episode so far. 
I hope that women walk away feeling a bit more empowered than how they came in. I try and break down any social constructs or stigmas or judgment in my episodes. I talk about everything from periods to sex to like everything in between. So it's definitely like the real and raw version. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. I love that. No, definitely. And I know anyone who listens to this show will absolutely love your podcast. So make sure you guys go and check it out. Um, But so to finish off today's episode, what is a quote that you live by? Always be soft and kind, but take no shit. Yeah, girl. I love that. That's a perfect note to finish on. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) Sophie, thank you so much for joining me today. I've absolutely loved this episode. I've got so much. I feel like I've just like grown and learned so much in this episode. So thank you so much for all your wisdom and knowledge. It's been amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.